Awesome. Hi, Esme. Hi, Amy. How are you out there in Vancouver? I am not too bad. How are you? I'm pretty good. It's very yeah. snowy here. Mm. It, it was snowy here over the weekend, but it is almost gone now. Um, we're back to rain. Uh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. So, so what's, what's up with the lockdown in van? Mm, it's, it's a semi lockdown. There's no curfew. Um, it, restaurants and bars close at 10. You're not supposed to socialize with anyone outside of your immediate household. Um, I don't think that a lot of people are following the, uh, the immediate household rule, to be honest, mm-hmm. <laughs> as evidenced yeah. by when you go out to a restaurant and you see tables full of people that arrive separately and clearly yeah. don't live together. But uh, yeah, it's, it is a slog. How about Vancou- in Toronto? Oh, oh, Vancouver sounds like Nirvana <laughs> compared yeah. to here. The, this city is completely shut down. You yeah. can't even, you can't go to a restaurant. It's been like this since November. It's all takeout, right? Yep. And there's no bars. There's no, you can't even sit in, in a cafe. You can't even, uh, if you follow the guidance, I think, to the T, you wouldn't even be allowed to have a, uh, a cup of coffee out on a park bench with a friend. Wow. Like yeah. it's, it's that crazy. And there are protests going on. People um, exercising their getting right. Their people are getting arrested just for standing and holding a sign. Yeah. And the Justice Center is suing the federal government. I know. Thank God for the Justice Center. Yeah. They're a friend to you too. They are. <laughs> Many times they've helped me. So <laughs> Yeah. No, I mean it's amazing. And the fact that it's that it's done um like pro bono, it's a charity and um it, it just allows people who would otherwise not have any way of fighting back against this these charter violations to um to yeah. really um to have well, a way of fighting back. Yeah, and in terms of the lockdown measures that they're suing the federal government for, it really goes to show how critical it is that a group such as the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms exists and doesn't receive a penny of government funding. Because what if they did receive government funding? None of these lawsuits against the federal or probably even the provincial governments would be going ahead because there would be a conflict. Mm-hmm. They have to uh, remain independent, and yeah. so that they're doing it um, in the best way. Yeah, and is um, going completely by donation. So yeah. um, that's that's really great. Um, so this this week we had uh, the well the last over the last couple of weeks we I did a an interview with uh, Graham Linehan and you did. You started out in the first one, but you had to leave due to, it was a weird <laughs> scheduling mix up. We didn't Graham. know what time it was. We didn't know what day of the week it was. Yeah. And Graham, God love him. He, he, he was so busy doing all his stuff, doing his, um, his, his own podcast, which is uh, the mess we're in. And uh, he's being on other people's podcasts and he's agreed to come on ours. And then for some reason he 
I think maybe got mixed up with the time zones, which it's easy to do. We get mixed up too here um, because we have yeah. what, how many time zones across Canada? Like five, 10? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you and I ha are, have issues sometimes scheduling because we're three hours apart. Yeah. Um, anyway, due to a confluence of uh, situations, um, it ended up that uh, we had to split up the interview in two, but it actually ended up be working out pretty well because you yeah. got time with him and I got time with him. And um, so that was, yeah, it was kind of fun. Yeah, that was good. So, yeah. uh, so Graham Linehan uh, is uh, for anyone who's been following the gender critical issue for some time, of course knows who Graham is, but um, for those who don't, Amy, do you want to? Sure. Um, he is an Irish comedy writer, very well known for the IT crowd and Father Ted sitcoms. Um, and also kind of lesser known for Black Books as a, as a writer on that show as well, which is both Esme and I, it's one of our favorite TV shows ever. It is incredibly hilarious. Um, we are, I just I love it. It's so smart. And it's, it's quirky and it's crazy. It's like the kind of humor that I love and uh, brilliant and dark and just, yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Every, yeah. Rewatch it. But, so Graham so, was a co-creator on that and, and a writer. I don't know yeah. whether he, he directed any of those episodes, but anyway, as a creator, um, yeah. many kudos to him for that because it's yeah. a great show. He's a brilliant comedian and writer. Um, and, and then he was also one of the first famous people to come out as gender critical at great personal cost to himself and, you know, personal and professional cost. So he's um, someone that a lot of women in this movement admire. Um, and he had been a kind of a great ally. Uh, he's permanently banned from Twitter, as a lot of the kind of big names in this movement are but he is still doing some other projects. I don't know if you want to talk about those. Yeah. So he uh, got kicked off of Twitter. He started, I think he started his own um, uh, social media platform, somewhat like a spinster a little bit. Like it's a, uh, um, and, and I, sorry if I'm, I'm getting that wrong, but he certainly has, we know that he has, he has his own sub stack, Glinner is his nickname. And he also has a podcast, The Mess We're In, which he, I believe they started that last fall. And that's with our very own uh, Morty Artie, Artie Morty. Yeah. <laughs> Artie Morty Artie. And, uh, and, and now Helen Staniland is a, a regular uh, get, a contributor co-host on, on that. Benji, also a, a Canadian, um, Detran, who is the founder of Detrans Canada. She, uh, can I say that? I think so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's hard to, it's hard to know sometimes. Um, yeah, she was, she was uh, a regular uh, co-host for a long while. So yeah, he's just um, every day, even though he's not on Twitter, he, he's, a, he's got a, a marvelous presence because he's got the podcast and he's putting out regular uh e-newsletters, um, just keeping everybody up to date. And of, of course, his e-newsletters are just 
hilarious and and very inviting and you know incisive and sometimes really hard to read because he looks at the crazy side of things in fact i read one today and it was all about stonewall and how they're um completely disregarding lesbians and then he says you know to anybody who challenges you on um how lesbians are being thrown under the bus why don't you just take a look at some of these profiles from a so-called lesbian dating site and there's about 20 profiles of men <laughs> all stating they're lesbians it's just like and I the photos those. did you see that oh my I god i saw just the beards the just, uh, yeah i i can't even imagine i can't imagine being a lesbian and and dealing with this bullshit i really feel for my lesbian sisters like, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's corrective rape. It's, it's, oh, yeah. you know, it's, it's conversion therapy for the young ones who are just coming out and uh, yeah. And, or corrective rape. Yeah. It's, it's disgusting. It's, it's, really me it's disgusting. medieval. It's disgusting. And, um, and for anybody to, to defend it is just unconscionable. Um, mm -hmm. and so Graham will go to bat for women. Um, he, he truly is a, as a gentleman and, uh, he cares about women. He cares about the truth. He cares about children. And, um, and so, and he's willing to put it all on the line for also it. one of the few male allies. There aren't a whole lot of male allies. Um, I think you spoke about that with him in your portion of the interview. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, well, you'll hear, you'll hear what he says, but you know, we do have, a, we do have a few and especially here in Canada, we have, uh, yeah. some men speaking out, but surely not enough. And we no. need to, we need to figure out how to get the men involved because this is a societal oh. issue. This is not just you better men. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Clapping with, in between words. <laughs> with the claps, with the, with the obligatory Twitter claps. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. And then at the end of your interview with him, Amy, um, Graham put out a call to action, which got me thinking. And that, mm -hmm. that's circling back to the, the first episode that we did with Megan Murphy and talking about should you be in or out or, or, or can you make a difference if, if you, you stay anonymous and so on. And yeah. And you'll hear at the end of, of, of Amy's segment that um, Graham does put the call to action that we do need more people. So it's getting me thinking. And, and right from episode one, I did state that I will, I will come out. I'm using my, my, my dark arts for, for good behind the <laughs> scenes right now, but yeah. I will. Um, maybe You've that's so much behind well, the scenes. Thanks. But, um, yeah. You know, I'm, also one of the people that encourages others to name themselves and come up and, and help spread out the target that has been on a lot of our backs, including myself, which, it, and, and which has been intensifying in recent months, which, you know, I, I can't really speak a whole lot about it, but um, I would just say, you know, we need you guys to come out and share your names and just stand up for what you believe in. I agree. 
And uh, I think it's really important. And courage calls to courage. And we've seen it, you know. I think the tides are turning already. I see more and more people willing to be brave. And I just think 2021 is going to um, continue and, and, it's, and it's got a snowball, especially with what's going on in the UK. Um, we, we're, we're, having, we're seeing victories there. Mm -hmm. And um, even if the English uh, mainstream media is not picking up on certain stories like the Tavistock uh, Institute, like the Kirabell decision, um, it's now just recently in the last week, we've seen stories coming out in the French mainstream media on French CBC. Right. Um, and, um, and again, uh, uh, God bless the Francophones because they are outspoken in ways that yes. uh, in pl polite English Canada that um, people just really, they want to just stick their head in the sand. And um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's always kind of been that way. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So um, without further ado, uh, without further ado, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Let's, uh, let's launch into uh, our two-parter with yeah. Graham Linehan, a.k.a. Glinner. Enjoy. So, Graham, welcome. We're so happy that you're here with us. And, um, you know, you had, we're clicking along with an amazing career. You've had a lot of success. Um, you know, when I did, was doing my research um, on you, I mean, of course, I've known you, I've known your name, I've known what you're doing with, with the cause. And of course, you know, they always uh, say, you know, they mention uh, Father Ted in your bio and, and the IT crowd and everything, of course. But I went in to do a little bit more and it's like, oh, wow, you worked with Alexi Sale. Oh, you worked with Steve Coogan. Yeah. Oh, you worked, oh, wow. And look at all these BAFTAs that you got. And you got, you know, I mean, you had a, a wonderful and still going too, career going along. But then, then the, uh, then the transgender thing hit and everything went to shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a very concise way of putting it. Right. That's, that's right, yeah. I genuinely, I, and I genuinely thought, Oh, when people find out they're giving drugs to autistic and gay children, they'll, 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 they'll see what's, what's going on and they'll come. And now and nothing seems to shock them. Nothing seems to worry them. You know, you have, you have like a, a, a new branch of, 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 of gay, uh, you know, um, gay rights, the LGB Alliance opening up in countries all over the world. And they still don't think there's a problem. They still pretend there's not a problem, you know, and it's because, I heard a great, um, a great uh, expression. It's from econo economics, uh, the sunk costs fallacy. Do you know mm -hmm. this one? Yes, I do. I've heard it and I'm, I'm slightly familiar with it, but do you want to elaborate? Uh, it basically means that you, you hold on to a position because you've already poured so many, in, you've already invested so much into it. Yeah. So, like, for instance, let's so say... So we would say normally that's like throwing good money after bad. It's throwing good money after bad. And, right. and it's particularly embarrassing for people in this case because, uh, and I know this from personal experience, there are a lot of people who have ended friendships and uh, cut people off for uh, holding the views that we have. And we know that the views we have are perfectly fine. Um, and they are going to have, well, I, I don't think they'll ever apologize. I think they'll just never call that person again out of sheer embarrassment because right. they, 
they've just been proved so by Kira Bell, by the situation in prisons, um, you know, they've just been proved so conclusively wrong. And, and, and over the next year, I just saw, um, I just saw uh, Fair Cop just tweeted, sorry, they're an organization over here that, yes. that fights against this type of stuff. And they just tweeted that there's like, um, people have paid a million pounds into, uh, into fighting this stuff in the courts. And we're fighting it on all sorts of levels. We're fighting, you know, Maya Forstadter is, is appealing. Uh, Alison, she's taking on Stonewall. Alison uh, Bailey? Bailey, Alison yeah. Bailey. But uh, yeah, so basically um, we've got a great year ahead of us where uh, a lot of the time, you know, in many cases, women of color are taking these organizations to court. So they can't, so it's harder to fight them uh, on that level as well. They can't say that these are privileged uh, you know, people, I guess they have cis privilege, um, but, uh, but, but sorry, I, but people can't see this, but I put inverted commas uh, in the, yes. <laughs> but, yes. uh, but these people are basically, um, you know, their credentials are impeccable, you know, um, their, uh, points of view are completely, you know, in line with the vast majority of people in the world who mm -hmm. recognize that there's a difference in the sexes and think it's important. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, I just think we're going to, we're going to, I think all the stuff we do on social networking and so on is, is all very useful, but it's the stuff in the courts that is really blowing the lid off this stuff. Kira Bell's victory. I don't see it being reversed. Um, that's a huge moment and that's going to yeah. trickle over to America, I think. Well, I uh, watched your Helen Staniland interview recently um, where she was, uh, I mean, you know, it was with, um, sorry, Sarah um, Fillimore. Yes. Um, and she was talking about, and she's with Faircop, correct? We yes, are fair, was, yes. I think, okay. yes, she has, she has a relationship with Faircop in some way. I can't remember quite how. Yeah. Um, and so Sarah said, made a statement and I thought, wow, that's a that's good, but I don't think it's the same in Canada. She said she doesn't believe the courts are captured yet, because of how they ruled on Kira Bell. Um, yes. But our our courts are captured. Oh, they're I'm, I'm, they're threatening. They are threatening. You know, the father in BC, who was gagged and couldn't talk about it, and about um, his child who uh, wanted testosterone and everything. Like he's being threatened with jail time. Um, he was he was told that um, in one of the rulings that he was committing family violence. He was told by the court for not using um, uh, the pr the pronouns. Um, I think that was reversed. But but the very fact that a court told a parent that he was committing family violence for not saying his daughter was his son is I, I mean that shows capture right there. I don't even think. Because I, I always compare this to, I think this is a um, example of a mass delusion, uh, along mm -hmm. the same as um, Jim, the Jim Jones cultists, um, uh, the Stasi, uh, you know, in East Germany. Um, uh, oh, and uh, you know, the Satanic Panic. I think it's all. Yes. I think all of these is basically a mass delusion. Everyone has agreed in some absolute nonsense. And 
again, it's some costs, you know, a lot of people have invested so much time and money and effort into, into chanting trans rights that they can't back down. And, and they, they will, I mean, they basic, they're beginning to look, realize how stupid they look because once the conversation, I don't know if you saw Rand Paul talking. Yes. Guy. Where he you kept know? chanting over and over boys competing with girls, boys competing, yeah. like, like perfect uh, technique there. Just calmly say, saying reality. And what's, what's, what's strange, I always find, because the same thing happened when they got Katie Minchell, who's the London Twitter person in front of Joanna Cherry and Joan McAlpine. Um, even when they're right in front of you, they find ways to slither out of, out of, the, uh, out of actually having a position. For instance, they will always use the word gender instead of sex. Because when they use the word gender, then they can, they can throw a huge um, umbrella over fucking everyone, you know? But if they use sex, well, that's talking about women and we can't have that, you know? So, so I, 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 find, I found that education secretaries, you know, smile, yeah, I believe I answered that and all that. No, you didn't. You didn't. You didn't say why it's fair that boys compete against girls. And the reason that he can't say it, the reason he can't utter those words or engage with that argument, argument in any way would be admitting that these blokes with long hair and a penis are, are not women, you know? So what's going on inside their brain when they're, like, are they thinking about all of their, like, all of the forces that are upon them politically? Or do they, like, do, like to, to be able to just sit there and you're in a congressional hearing or whatever it was, Senate hearing, whatever, and just to be outright, outright lying, just outright denying reality. What goes on in there? You know, is it? Do they love power and money that much? Like, like what? Like, or do they? Are they in the in on the delusion? It makes you wonder, right? Yeah, it's a kind of a. It's almost like a hands across America. You know, it's basically. They look to their left and their right and they say, see two people who think exactly what they think. And they think that the people who are asking them these questions are bigots, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And they're kind, it's like this, it's almost like, um, do you remember in the 60s, I can't remember who, who, who said it, but some guru said he was going to make the Taj Mahal float and everybody was kind of holding hands. Oh, Yeah. Was that the natural party with um, natural, natural law party or something like that? No, all I remember is that they would make the Taj Mahal float or something like that. But it's that kind of, yeah. you know, crazy belief. And, and it also reminds me, do you remember Heaven's Gate? Oh, yes. You know, yeah. like, like cults like that, like if they don't die at a certain time, they kill themselves so that it'll be proved right. <laughs> you know? it, it's self-limiting in that, in that way. Um, it, it's like a, a self-fulfilling prophecy. And the, and, and the thing that I find most upsetting and most horrific about this movement is that when they say, oh, trans people commit suicide, trans people have high rates of this, trans people have high rates of depression, blah, blah, blah. They are creating people who will suffer in this way. Absolutely. And they're actually going against all public health and media um, guidance on the reporting of suicide, which, well, which yeah. they would never do this before, but now it's used um, 
as a cudgel for the issue. And it's like, how can this possibly be? Why are all of the rules being thrown mm -hmm. out? Yeah. The child but, safeguarding, you know, reporting on suicide, um, 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 uh, trials for drugs and surgeries and being evidence-based and, and showing, you know, like everything. How it, did the, like everything is topsy-turvy. It has to go. And, and I'll tell you, the, the, uh, that's a great point because I think what that proves, the, the fact that so many things have turned upside down and inside out, um, you know, black is white, day is night, complete reverse of, of the truth. White, white men are the most vulnerable people in the world. White women are somehow the worst oppressors who've ever lived. The We're horrible. <laughs> the reason that all these tricks can be played is because they've done a simple thing. And it's all in the phrase, trans women are women. Trans women are women is a completely contradictory lie. As Jane Claire Jones said, how are, how are non-female people female, you know? And, 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 and if you can pull that trick off by saying two plus two equals five, like the end of Orwell's novel, to a, uh, a, a whole, not just one, not just one bunch of cultists, but a, and not just one country, but multiple countries are, yeah. are under the sway of this thing. It's, I've never seen anything like it. it it's, 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 I, I, I think we should try and find a name for it <laughs> because one day historians will talk about the gender disease, you know, the gender, uh, what would you call it? Virus, you know, which is this Absolutely. kind of thought, thought virus of people believing now, what do, you, what do you think about Jennifer Billick's work? Because she's tying it all together with um, the, you know, the, the unelected world government, um, the pharmaceuticals, all the rest of it, you know, the unelected world government being the UN, the WHO and everything, how they're very, you know, very connected with big pharma. And so transgenderism is just one step on the road to transhumanism. And then you have, you know, the Martin Rothblatt's and the, the Pritzkers and everything, and they all stand to gain. But not only do they stand to gain financially, it's just that these people are, are exhibiting megalomania, you know, and perversion and, and all kinds of different things. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, they're just trying to subvert the natural order of things for their own megalomania and perhaps their own paraphilias and, you know, perversions all are play into it as well. Yeah. So what do, what do you, what do you think about, you know, the whole, well, that whole idea? I've never really, I'm not, um, uh, no offense to Jennifer, but I'm, I'm not that familiar with Jennifer's work. And you, maybe you could send me a good introduction to it. But, yeah. but the thing is, I don't really, um, that thread that leads to the pharmaceutical companies and so on. Um, I think that that is definitely going to be there. Uh, uh, you know, as we all know, it's a complete wild west with surgeries for, for trans people at the moment or for mm -hmm. Let's say for dysphoric people uh, at the moment, it's a complete wild west. Um, uh, there's no, there's no, um, uh, there's no uh, evidence on regret uh, rates uh, because they don't right. like they don't like looking into those things. But the funny thing about it is, there's a, there's a phrase they used to say about British journalists. They used to say, "Why would you <laughs> Why would you?" It's something that I think it's Orwell said this. Why would you bribe a journalist when you see the things they do for free? 
And the thing about the pharmaceutical companies for me is, of course they're going to take advantage of this. I'm not so sure that there are uh, puppet masters. I think this is almost like, you could almost call this a, um, uh, what's that, a grassroots, a grassroots cult. You know, it's, 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 it's a confluence of so many different, it's a, right. of different things coming together. You have celebrities who like to look good on social media. You have autogynophiles who have a paraphilia. You have actual transsexuals who are more and more being forgotten and, are, and regularly receive abuse from trans rights activists. Um, and you have all these things that are kind of, you have a longstanding, I have to say, uh, very disappointing uh, dismissal of lesbians within uh, the LGBT community. Um, and, and all these things have kind of, uh, I, I drifted together like a coral reef, you know, of, of just, tr you know, rubbish. You know, mm -hmm. I, I take in as well fashionable, unreadable American academics whose theories should never have got out of those, got out of those places. You know, um, like oh, Judith Butler. I mean, have you ever seen anyone as influential as Judith Butler? And no one can quote a single thing she wrote. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I, I, I've only read s passages. Like I've never read an actual book of hers because oh, it's, 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 it's scar the passages that I've read are complete garbage. So, and then you just, you just read her, her, inter you know, the latest interview she did with um, some, some big, magazine i can't really quite remember but that made a splash last summer misogyny <laughs> i think it was owen jones uh who, who interviewed her yes yeah. yeah there was that video one but she also did a uh, a print interview as well and for oh. some reason she'd come around again like there was a little flurry of activity i don't know whether what she was promoting but she was somehow on the circuit again to for for interviews and things like that she resurfaced and I, yeah. maybe, as it, maybe they just trotted her out because they could see all of the backlash and the pushback was coming with, yeah. with the gender identity. They're like, oh, let's, let's bring out the big guns. Let's get Judith on the circuit. But the, and the thing is, she, you know, you can't, her ideas can't be, they can't, they can't withstand anything. I mean, you take cis, right, as a, as a term. Off Twitter, you, you, have, you still have to explain it to people. Okay, I'll tell you something, Graham, because the other day I was like a little gobsmacked because I've been at this. So we started Cosbar in 2019, um, in, in the sort of middle of 2019. And, and my husband's been helping with, like, with doing some, he's a graphic designer. He's been do, helping with things like, and so on. And he's been listening to me on conference calls and doing inter interviews and like, you know, gnawing his ear off about certain things and he comes he says to me the other day the other out of the blue he says what's this <laughs> <laughs> i know yeah it's like sketch in mean girls it's not gonna happen it's not gonna happen no one is saying this word that means not trans no one's gonna say it you know yeah. every time anyone say if you say if you heard someone say that in a real life setting You'd be, you know, you'd laugh them out of the room, you know, and it's just not taking amongst a certain kind of um, uh, two online type people, people who basically spend too much time online. So yeah. I don't, I, if, and, and, and here's another interesting thing about CIS, right? CIS exists at a time, and this is where, why it, even we know what it means. 
But CIS exists at a time when everyone is connected to everyone else uh, by the most incredible communications platforms that have ever existed. And it still won't take. <laughs> yeah, I know. People still aren't going to say it. So, you know, they can keep trying. But every time I hear someone say CIS, I just think, you yeah. know, they're like, they're like Japanese soldiers 40 years after the war. It's, it's, it's over. You know, I keep saying this, Kira Bell, it ended with Kira Bell. Because as soon as that, as soon as that case is, as soon as that uh, verdict is upheld, and it will be, because you know they have no evidence on the other side, um, uh, the lawsuits are going to start coming in in America as well. There's going to be a lot of angry uh, young women out there, you know. Well, this I, is the only thing. This is the lawsuits are are. I mean, doctors, hospitals, healthcare agencies. Well, they I think all will, they, they, you know, they're, they all, we all know, we've dealt with doctors who we know why they're doing what they're doing to us because they're covering their asses, right? It's so obvious what, when, when you're interacting with a doctor and no matter whatever matter, you know, they're very careful because they don't want, and we know they pay a lot in, in insurance for malpractice and things like that. Like it's got to be on their mind at all times. Like, yeah. hmm, am I doing this? Like, well, if I say this, do I have the, you know, I mean, I've refused treatment and, and, and he, he's had to say to me, you know, put it in my note. I offered her such and such and she refused it. Right. Right. Yeah. right in, and he puts it right in the note. Yeah, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean, mm, absolutely. And I've had him for 30 years and I trust him, but even so he has to protect himself against me. Sure. Sure. Yeah. But I think that all these doctors at the moment are, are like the uh, Wiley Coyote in the cartoon when, he, when they walk off the cliff and uh, he does, they, don't, they don't fall until they look down. Yeah. Until they see that they're on empty air. And I think that that's going to happen because, you know, these idiots. Like, the, 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 did you see that plastic surgery clinic? And there's a guy and he's got two buckets. Yes. So, so Cosbar did, uh, did uh, one of our founding members found that uh, she was, she was, yeah, she, un she uncovered that story um, because um, she has uh, a family member who she's very worried about a young, a young girl. So that's how she's gotten involved in it. So she's really like a watchdog and she's been watching this particular, it's the McLean Clinic in Mississauga, which is very close to Toronto where I am. Oh, really? And yeah. And so she's been watching them. She found that and she and, you know, Pamela Buffone of the Canadian Gender Report. Um, oh. She, uh, so she along with, so a couple of our organizations sort of banded together. Um, and I think, I think even Benji was involved in this as well, okay. this, this uh, complaint. A complaint was made against the College of Physicians and Surgeons uh, about this um, clinic. And yeah. they, did, they did get reprimanded. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, yes, no, I did see that there was trouble for that. But, you know, it's like that's just that's real tip of the iceberg stuff, you know, because if that's what they're putting out on social media, you know, think about what yeah. they're actually doing. <laughs> if they're proud and to, of Well, and, and to think that they think that for them somehow that's acceptable. I know. It's extraordinary. If they're doing that in public. What are they doing in private with their clients and how are they, you know, um, interacting with these uh, young women who um, are clearly distressed and troubled and they're more than happy to take, I believe it's $8,000 now for a 
quote unquote top surgery euphemistically yeah so, yeah sure it is i mean what a fucking racket jesus total God. racket yeah yeah it's it's i don't know i mean i saw a thing the other day and it was all these uh young women who'd had their breasts removed all posing for like some kind of vanity fair type photo shoot you know and and some people are looking at that and going oh that's so brave and that's so wonderful i, know. So I was like just thinking wow it's, it's an apocalypse it's a it's a it's a it's a medical apocalypse, you know, it's horrific. It, it is, it is mass psychosis really is what it is. Um, yes. That anybody could look. I really do think pornography is behind it all. I really do. I think, I think we have now two or three generations who have been scarred by pornography. Um, I agree. You know, you know, it's funny, I, I, so you and I are around the same age, and so I was doing my degree in the 80s, and I, I was around for, there, was, there were a lot of censorship uh, uh, issues going on in the 80s, and, and, and we thought that we'd won them all, because, you know, for art, for art's sake, and, and, and we can't have censorship and everything. But even when, when all those battles were won against censorship, there was a part of me that was going, mm, there's, but there's got to be kind of, you know, because I did my degree in fine art. So I, I know about explicit images. I know about, you know, the freedom of artists and writers and so on. And I think that's, that's pretty sacrosanct. But is there a place, you know, is there a line that you're going over? Or is there, you know, and the, 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 the joke used to be, oh, think of the kids, like, like only conservative right-wing women would be saying, oh, think of the kids, think of the kids. But like, we completely forgot about the kids, right? <laughs> you know? About the kids. And when I see those girls with their breasts cut off, I just think that's pornography. It's what, I, it's what happens when you see pornography and you're so alienated and frightened by it that you want to escape it, you know? And I think boys, yeah. boys, boys are similar. I think boys... I mean, autogynophilia, which seems to be another thing like ROGD amongst girls, it seems to be spreading via the internet. And all these boys, these, you know, my, my, my psychotherapist friend says her heart breaks for them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm stoned. I, one person told me this, right? Said, you know, a lot of them, they, they just want the pills. They want the estrogen, you know? And I said, why, why do they want it? And they said, well, you know, it makes you feel this way and that. But it also um, gives you breasts. And I said, why do they want press? They want to play with them. And I just thought, oh my God. Because that was a joke in a Steve Martin film, uh, All of Me. Yeah. I could never be a woman. I would never stop playing with my press. I always thought that was a I know. hilarious joke. But we have a, a generation of boys now who are lonely, who don't know how to speak to women, who don't know how to relate to women. And they're, they're, they're you know, especially with the virus, They've, you know, think of being a 15, 14 year old boy. What are you going to do? Not use porn? You know, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. It's a different thing for boys. But the problem at the moment is that the porn that's on, um, that's easiest to find is the worst of the worst. It's the grimmest. I know. It's so bleak, you know. I, I can't even, I've never been able to stomach any of it and then to just to hear about descriptions of 
you know, because Pornhub is in the is in the news a lot right now. So we're hearing descriptions about the sort of things that that you know these poor girls are being trafficked and what's going on. And then and then they talk about in the articles about you know the search, uh, the, you know the search titles and when what's popular. And you're going like, there's something for everybody, and it's really bad, right? There was one woman who had to use certain search terms to find videos of herself that had been uploaded when she was raped in her sleep. And so every day she would do a search on Pornhub for terms like unconscious, uh, you know, out cold or whatever it happens to be or dead, you know, and she would try and find her video amongst them. I mean, if, if you, if you can, if, if you can imagine a better vision of hell, I'd, I'd be surprised. And, and, and that's sometimes, I, 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 once someone said that on Twitter and it really made me laugh, there was something about it. They said, did we die? Is this hell? Yeah. Thought, such a great question. Maybe I'll rename my blog that. Yeah. Because it's, it's um, it, it, feels- it does, it does seem like, I mean, it's really interesting too, because I've said more than once in the last five years anyway maybe a bit longer and i've heard other people say it too it feels like the end times you know it it does it does i mean you know that's another reason why i fight it because if i if i give into it i'm kind of giving into giving up i don't want to give up yeah everything i don't want to give up on humanity and on people you know i think even if the fucking even if global warming does wipe us out there's a chance two or three people can survive and you know. Yeah. Well, I'm ever the optimist. I think that humans will figure out a way to um, to overcome that. But yeah. but worth saving. Yeah. yeah. And I I mean, I came into this. I, I think I would. I I always say that you know I popped out of the womb as a feminist because I was the little girl asking all the tough questions right from the start like why can't I do that why why is boys can do this and girls can't do that but I want to do this and never seem to get any satisfactory answers so third wave feminism hit in the 90s and I was like that's it I'm tapping out this is ridiculous it's like pro porn pro prostitution slut walks you name and I'm like no so I called myself a feminist dissident for like, and until the until the gender thing came around, and the transgender thing, and 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 you know Jordan Peterson uh, dragged me into that when I I saw that video of his where talking about compelled speech. That's how I got into it, and like that was 2016, I think. And I had been watching it with the with the the Jenner and the you know the Laverne Cox and Orange Is the New Black and transparent like all the stuff that was coming out of Hollywood about this. And I'm like, my, my sp- spidey senses were going, well, there's something big coming here because if Hollywood is pushing it this, this much, there is something really, really going on here. So, but then I was just watching it, but then it was the compelled speech that brought me into it um, because, you know, in Canada, we have, we actually have hate speech laws. You know, they don't have them in the United States. They have the, they have the First Amendment. They have full free speech. There's no such even concept as hate speech, really, in law in, in the United States. But we do have it here. So we have limits on our speech. Now, limits is one thing. But compelled speech is 
entirely another issue where the government is putting words in your mouth. And when, when I heard about this, I just went, whoa, 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 I have to look at Bill C-16. Once I started looking at that, I started looking at the child transing, which, I mean, I was, I'm out in my, with my own name on, on Twitter um, as gender critical, but it really was about the child transing thing because I thought, if anybody wants to challenge me on that, I will die on that hill, the child transing, because I'm all about the child safeguarding. But then the more I got into it, it was about, it was about the women's rights and the rollback of women's rights and protections. And now as, you know, full circle, I'm a fem, and now I'm back to being a feminist, but I did find the radical feminists and they really much more align with what I'm all about. So, yeah. Someone said to me the other day on, on, uh, on, my, on my website, um, they, were very, they were very depressed because the feminist library had banned, gender, said that gender critical women were basically banned from the library. And, uh, and this is someone who's done a few of my Photoshop jobs on my website, does beautiful work with old World War II posters. That we oh, is of. that yours, the, one, the, the athletic one that recently yes. came out? Because I, because I run the Twitter account for Cosbar and I, I have put, I don't know who to credit on this, but this really, so who, who is it? That was my, my words and the Photoshop skills of uh, the the mysterious W. She just signs her, I told her to do it like Zorro. Okay. W on all her posters. Okay, cool. Good to know. We find these World War II posters and we. It's brilliant. I love that poster. The athletics one. I have to say, she just knocked it out of the park on that. Yeah, totally. Hearing is the thing that kills me. But um, but uh, but you know, I said to, she said she was she was really really knocked back by the feminist library doing that. And I said, feminism isn't in libraries anymore. Feminism is in things like your sports image, you know, because mm-hmm. it's no longer something that uh, you go to a place and pick out a book and read about it. It's, it's, it's active feminism now. And I think that the women who are fighting this stuff, you know, are the, are the granddaughters of the suffragettes, you know? That's They're, what I really feel. Definitely. I really feel about it. I mean, we're really back to putting stickers on, on, on you know, walls. Uh, it's it's p- proper disruptive activism. And it is what's needed because, you know, we've, we've gotten to, uh, a stage now where this stuff has embedded itself across the establishment. So the only way to fight it is through, um, through is through activism, you know, mm-hmm. and I really think that, and you know, safe, peaceful, um, nonviolent, nonviolent yeah. resistance, that. real resistance. Yeah. I mean, it can't, if it goes much further then it's going, it's really is, it really it does have to be stopped <laughs> Yeah, because it's already gone too far. You know, there's gay people being being told they they uh, they they that their uh, sexuality is somehow problematic. That's that's yeah. that's homophobic fascism. It's yeah. it's horrible. I'll, yeah. I'll tell I'll tell you my my son who um, he's done a couple of years at university, but took some time off, and yeah. and he, he I didn't realize until C sixteen came in that how captured he had been um, because you know growing up in an inner city toronto was a completely woke town you know um g- creative school all the rest of it totally captured then he went to went to the university of toronto very woke school 
And we hadn't, we had no reason to talk about transgenderism until C-16. Mm. And then he got really angry with me when he found out that I, he, you know, we, we had a dinner party. I had some friends over. He was at the, he was with us. We started talking about it. One of my friends was with me who he happens to be a high school teacher. Another person who's a journalist and teaches journals, journalism at, at university, total woke, total, totally on board with the gender ideology. She got, she got up and left the table <laughs> in disgust. It's when I think, I think when I said, they were like, well, what do you think it is? What is it then if it's not this? And I said, well, it's a delusion. Yeah, that was when she left. And that's when she got up in disgust. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And my son at the time was like, how can you say that I have trans friends? And da -da 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 -da. of course you have trans friends. Every, I guess all the kids have trans friends now, which I didn't, didn't really even occur to me. And then sitting quietly at the end of the table, my friend who's biologist and writes biology, but he's also a screenwriter and, you know, he writes for medical journals, biochemistry uh, articles. Mm. I turned to him like, surely, surely, please, you're going to, please, you're going to be on my side. He goes, he waffled. I'm yeah. like, he goes, well, I, you know, the chromosome, you know, uh, the, 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 the hormone, the, 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 I went. Dr. Alice Roberts, she's our. What? <laughs> I know, isn't it crazy? It's really, really weird what's going on. I don't get it. I guess sometimes people are just, they just know that as soon as they say something that's, that doesn't follow the orthodoxy, they're, they're dead. I, I don't mean, I mean figuratively dead. Their career, their... Yeah, their, it's, their, it's social suicide. Social suicide. So, you know, I kind of after a while that kind of stuff I, that just proves to me i'm right <laughs> you know what i mean the, the the more forces that are arranged against me the more i realize i'm right on this one like yeah. you know david i i i some i sometimes think people probably have a view of me as a kind of david ike figure who's you know but but they but we keep hearing you know everything i've said turns out to be true they have been uh, sterilizing uh, autistic children They've been sterilizing gay, uh, uh, young gay men and women. And women. Um, uh, there's no, they've proved recently that puberty blockers have no uh, benefit on uh, mental health. Uh, they stunt growth. Um, it's just a list, of course, of course that's what they yeah. do. And it's not, a, it's not a pause button in any way, shape or form. What it is, is it gets them on the trans train because we now know that 100% of children who go on pu puberty blockers go on to take wrong sex hormones. That's so it's I mean. not a pause button. It's a, like get on the train button. Early on, early on when I said um, that it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, they are creating a group of people who will become dependent on these drugs by telling them you're trans, you like boys things, that means you're trans, yeah. all this shit. Yeah. You know? And I think that- They're putting I, I, ideas in their heads. I mean, exactly. just like any other ideology, really. Cult behavior, it is, you know? Yeah. And it's, you know, I'm, it, the thing that keeps me going is, is, is people like yourself and Amy, you know? Because I know that we're not, you know, people like yourself, you're never gonna take it, never, neither am I, you know? Yeah, and, no, and no, no. As long as there's people who, don't, who will not take it. Yeah. Right. With me, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's the private conversations that are the most useful. 
I think. Um, and I do have a lot of those. And, and I like to think of it as like just rippling out. You know, mm. you, tell, you tell somebody and at first they're incredulous. And then you go, no, really, this is what's really, really going on. Yeah. And you tailor your message, you know, know your audience, tailor it to whatever they're is going on in their life. Did you realize that if you go to the gym, you could walk in one day and there could be a man standing there with a penis and there's nothing you can do about it. And they're like, what? <laughs> I know. People thought we were making it up for the longest time. You know? <laughs> right? And I said, if you go, if you go to the, the front desk to complain, likely you will be the one whose yeah. uh, privileges will be revoked at that gym. Okay, this is yeah. this is it. Don't, don't believe me. I'll, I can I can give right. show you the law. I can show you, you know, right. this is the way it is, right? So what are yeah. we going to do? We're going to wait till this happens to us? Yeah, I mean, I really like the fact that, you know, Br British women uh, saw it coming, and you know, they they they. It's fitting in a way because you know, birthplace of modern feminism, and yeah. it's it's where you know, this has become a bit of a. A kind of, I mean, I think this is the most important women, battle for women since the suffragettes, you know? Oh, totally. Me too. Yeah. I, I, I totally believe that. Yeah. Men so let me ask you, that. you are the man. You are the, one of the only men in our corner, right? I mean, we now, you know, you were, you're the original. I mean, we have, we have Artie now and we have Mr. Menno and we have a couple of, there there aren't that many other men. I mean, we have a, a male lawyer in Co with Cosbar who's advising us, but he has to remain anonymous still, but he's doing stuff behind the scenes. Like, I mean, I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm doing this Cosbar work under a pseudonym, right? So, mm -hmm. because I can't be seen as having founded a turf organization, but I will come out. I'm waiting for the right time, but I will. I'm just trying to time it, but I'm using all my skills behind the scenes right now. Um, <clears throat> but in Canada, we don't have uh, any men who are, I mean, we have Chris, we have the billboard guy. Hmm? Jordan Peterson. We have Jordan, but he's not, he's not really about the feminism. He's yeah. not about the women's rights. He's more about the compelled speech and the totalitarianism, which I'm totally happy that he's doing that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have Jonathan Kay, that's, that's good. But I mean, we need more men. We absolutely meet. So, so I, I'm asking you, this is my question to you. How do we, how do we get the men? Oh my God. If I knew that, I would, I would be, uh, you know, in a much more comfortable position. Yeah. I can't seem to, I can't seem to grab their attention. They don't seem to care. It's, it's the craziest thing. Uh, my friend Stella, she says, she says, just don't mention women. <laughs> I said, well, what do you yeah. mean? They don't care. They don't care. Children might get them. Sports might get them, but don't talk about women's rights. They couldn't give a damn. And I think it's sadly true. I think, I think though, in their defense, and in their defense, I think they just thought, oh, everything seems to be going okay for all that stuff. It seems to be progressing towards the future in a good way. Yeah. And then the very, very uh, backwards thinking of gender ideology came along and, and they just kind of didn't notice the change. But I think, I personally think that there's only so long that you can tell men that two plus two equals five. You know, if, if, if a man yeah. has any self-respect, they won't accept that. They'll no. be like Orwell's hero, you know, at least until they have rats attached to their heads. But, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, 
I have, I do have a lot of male friends. I do have a lot of uh, conversations and um, the woke men, I don't even attempt it with. Mm. Um, But I do have a lot of male friends who are centrists, who are uh, fiscal conservatives, Mm -hmm. um, who are libertarians, who are like, I have friends right across the spectrum. And it's, if you're centrist, if you're, if you're conservative, if you're, uh, both social and fiscal conservative, and if you're libertarian, they all get it. They're, they're all like, like they, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm right on board with you. Like that's, that's fucked. Of course course the right don't believe this. This is a complete invention of the left. The, the, the thing that's so embarrassing about this is I used to be a complete card-carrying left-winger, progressive, or at least um, uh, that's how I like to think of myself, you know? Um, and I thought, I thought right-wing people were evil because I thought, because I would see the way they would deny climate change and it would really annoy me because I thought, I thought, you know, it, you can tell it's happening. We're wearing t-shirts in October in, in England. It's, it, something's happening. And it used to really frustrate me. I thought these people were either lying or they were stupid. And if they were lying, that meant they were evil, right? So that was the view I had of, of um, conservative people. And then, and then this came along and it was the exact same thing from the left. Complete denial of science. Mm-hmm. Uh, a monstering of people who have a different view. This is all stuff that was done against climate scientists, and now it's being done against feminists and people like Jordan Peterson. I, I, I couldn't believe it. I, I couldn't believe it. it, it you know, I'm, I'm, it happened when I was about 49, 50, and, um, you know, this was the whole basis of my life, just completely crumbled. My whole political beliefs, everything yeah. I thought about right-wing people and left-wing people, you know, I mean, I'm still a progressive. I don't think the le- I don't think uh, I left the left. I think the left left me. Um, and and the way I and the reason I think that is because all the women I support on this, with I, I don't think there's very many exceptions, but they're all left wing women. You know, yeah. And that's the thing that really annoys the left over here, because they they yeah. can't quite pretend these are right wingers, because we're talking about people like Helen Steele who took uh, who took. Um, uh, McDonald's to court in the famous McLeibel trial, Linda Bellos, who started Black History Month in the UK. These are the people they're trying to portray as fascists, you know, and they can't quite do it because they, they, they you know, people, people can tell when they're, when they're full of it. So I, I don't know. I just, I just, I'm so disappointed. <laughs> I genuinely thought that progressivism meant what it said and, and it's, it's turned out not to be true. It's, it's, it's often, uh, a, a power play, you know, someone like Owen Jones yeah. over here in the UK. He's just, he's like, uh, I, I call him uh, little finger without the smarts, you know, he's just a political operative. That's all he yeah. is. And, and this kind of, and as little finger said in game of Thrones, chaos is a ladder. He said, and the chaos of gender ideology is a ladder for people like Owen Jones, you know, yeah. the, the stupidity of it, the, the women hating aspects, he just it's all opportunity for people like that you know right it's absolutely it's disaster capitalism it's it's you name it what it is it's the left-wing version of disaster capitalism yes um just to to wrap it up with cosbar we we're building truly building a grassroots um organization um woman by woman i mean we're just we're we're connecting 
you know, all the women that come into our network. We have an underground network of women across Canada, 75 women. And I have conversations with all of them. I mean, they, everybody has to be vetted to come in. Yeah. I'm thinking, you know, I said, more I think about it, I think, you know, with, through Cosbar, we have to start getting like a network of men, you know, yeah. kind of in the same way and get them in their own groups. I mean, our, our, our private secret groups for women, it's just women only because it's our women only space and it's all part of, you know, the work that we're doing. But maybe we do need to have a men's space the men who want to talk about this stuff and want to help because they have wives and sisters and daughters and nieces that, or, or even for their, their boy children, they're very concerned about it as well. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that, I think that once this is dealt with this immediate emergency, we have to talk about the mental health of kids in a oh. world where porn is on top. We have to talk about it and we can't, yeah. we can't be pretending that it's, it's like it was when we were kids and, and you know, it's just a few Robert Mapplethorpe pictures. No. It, it's, imagine Robert Mapplethorpe pictures all the time. <laughs> yeah. That's what, that's what these kids are growing up with. And, and they have to, I don't know, we have to, we have to figure out a healthy attitude towards it. I really uh, appreciate the time and thank you. So we'll be in touch and get some more, um, yeah. get a few more questions that Amy has for you and uh, we'd really right. appreciate it. Yeah, maybe we can do it in a chunk. We could do an Amy bit and a, and a bit. Yeah. And, yeah. Okay. For sure. Right. Thank, thank you so much, Graham. Sorry for oh, the confusion yeah. with the scheduling. We should have been clearer. <laughs> no, it was me. I'm an idiot. I'm, I didn't even know it was Saturday. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> crazy. See you soon. Okay. Bye. Thank bye. you. Bye. There we go. Hi. How's it going? Hey, not bad. How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. I've got a very it's just, it's so uh, i'm sure you i'm sure you know it's so uh, high stress all the time all this stuff how are you doing anyway yeah i'm i'm doing okay i've been yeah stressed out too you know it's funny but i was talking to kara uh, dansky the other day and yeah. she said she had a friend who literally put her hands over her ears so so she couldn't hear what kara was trying to tell her oh, it's really? like a, it's like a terror yeah it, I guess it's because they know that they'll be one of us, yeah. <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll be ostracized and their jobs, people will go after their jobs and stuff like that. So it's self-defense. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I don't, I know you've kind of told this before, but do you want to describe your peak trends? Experience? My moment. Your moment. Uh, yeah. Um, well, the first, I, I started, I started kind of, getting a little bit confused about the discourse. I kind of thought, oh, okay, well, you know, I, it's hard to explain, but I, for, I, I realized early on that they weren't taught, these, these uh, people who were angry at me um, weren't talking about transsexuals. And, and I started to get a little bit confused. I started to think, but, but who are they talking about then? Um, and, you know, as everyone does in this, when you start getting interested in this and start exploring it you find out that the vast majority of these people who call themselves trans weren't undergoing any surgery and weren't uh, and some of them actually said that um having dysphoria wasn't a precondition for being trans so i was like what what's going on and then i realized that when people said trans women are women they meant it as a literal truth yeah so 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 this just started kind of 
coming in and, and, I, and none of it made sense. So I, I flipped to looking at the other side in terms of the abuse that was being meted out. And yeah. the two things didn't go together. It was like, yeah, these women were, were experiencing the most appalling blowtorch of threats and rape threats and sexualized threats and whatever, whatever else. And what they were saying was stuff that everybody agrees with, apart from these lunatics. So I kept just tumbling down and it was getting mad and it got madder and madder and madder and it never stopped. It never stopped getting mad until I found I was in a place um, where I was dealing with, with complete unreason, complete unreason, complete, uh, you know, which, which I, I'm, I'm now kind of fascinated to, to look into the kind of anarchist underpinnings of it. Derek Jensen uh, pointed that out in his, in his video that I used to share a lot about queer theory jeopardy. I don't know if you're saying oh, that. Oh, I have. That's a great one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And he he um, he put, he says at the start of it, there's a correlation between anarchism and uh, pedophilia. And yes. I thought, oh, so queer theory is basically, it seems to me, a form of anarchism whereby they're trying to blur boundaries to such an extent uh, that there's there's simply no rules. There's simply no rules. You know, so. You know, you something like the best. The best example is women's sports. Like, not only are they are they able to do this ridiculous uh, calisthenics of 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 putting a male in female sports, but then there's the additional calisthenics of actually saying that it's fair. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. it's just extraordinary. And the thing I think I instinctively recognized very very quickly was that comedy or any form of any form of writing really was was becoming increasingly harder because how could you do doing comedy in a in a in a upside down world is is a real Colston Newcastle situ, uh, situation you know it's, yeah uh, it's it's like well how are you supposed to make fun of upside down logic yeah. um, so you know I stopped trying. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I've always I'm super grateful to have read Douglas Murray kind of talking about this weird postmodern, I guess, slightly. It, he doesn't talk about anarchy, but uh, he said it is absolutely meant to be deranging. And so if you feel deranged, that is how you were supposed to feel because it is delusional. It is deranging. And it was, it's like, it just made me feel so good to read that because you actually feel like you're going crazy. Yes, yes, absolutely. I, th I thought his word deranged, I thought that one of the best things about that brilliant book of his was the word deranging, which I haven't heard a lot. I don't know if you even know, it, it sounds like he may even have coined it himself, but, uh, but it's a perfect word. And, and, you know, that's what people did. People used to say, you know, because I mean, I still don't really understand why people, including very close friends of mine, are so dismissive of women's rights. Right. I find it extraordinary. But I, I have people who are very close to me, and they simply don't appear to see women as human. And I, I know one person in America who, who, who thinks that arguing for basic human rights for women is a form of pseudo intellectualism. It's extraordinary. Everything is absolutely reversed. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah. Because because we're talking about stuff that's been in place for a hundred years without people needing to be intellectuals to understand it. Yeah. Like sex segregation. You don't oh. need to be an intellectual to know why that's important. No. And you can still go places in the world where women are fighting to get sex segregated sex segregated spaces and you can it's immediately apparent why they need it and why they're excluded from public life because they don't have it yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. it's extraordinary and you know i've often talked about this but the when you see someone like un women who are arguing for sex segregation in third world countries and against sex segregation in first world countries it's like, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to turn us into a third world country? Yeah. You know, because that's one way of doing it, you know? Yeah. And yeah. If, you, if you start to think about it, it's almost racist too, because it's like, we don't need it here yeah. where we're so advanced. Yeah. We've and, we're, yeah. we're so advanced. Yeah. We're so advanced yeah. that we've sorted out the male, female. We've sorted out the problem of male violence, you yeah. know? And the way they've sorted it out is by is by opening the door for more men to be violent with impunity than there's ever been. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. it's really shocking. It's shocking. It is. Um, with, with your peak trends um, story, I'm curious, was that, did that kind of start happening after your episode of the IT crowd that... Uh, that that kind of alerted me to the fact that something was going on, okay. and uh, I the the pushback about it was um, was pretty kind of fierce. But I was like, why is everyone, you know, what's going on? Why is there no sense of humor about this? You know, yeah. I hadn't yeah. realized that it had already become in online spaces a kind of a taboo uh, to talk about trans people in any way other than the most glowing um you know forehead to the floor deferential yeah uh, way and so <laughs> because of my ignorance i was able to do this <laughs> this this episode where there was a huge fist fight between <laughs> between between douglas and this trans woman yeah. um so you know it was it was but 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 people say that i mean that one of the narratives about me is that i I, I don't know. I, 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 I got caught out or something, or, and instead of apologizing, I doubled down or something like this, you know. Right. But, yeah. And and maybe that's maybe maybe there's an element of truth in that, possibly. But but I would never apologize for that episode because no, no one is above comedy, you know. No yeah. one is above comedy, especially especially white men. Yeah. <laughs> if, if white men are above comedy yeah uh, then uh there's no one left to make fun of yeah you know? i agree and i well i'm a free speech absolutist but anyways uh, even if i wasn't i i don't think a comedian should ever apologize for a joke yeah 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 i mean i said uh, well unless it's I, I would say unless unless it's um you know, you can you can learn and grow to use those dreadful uh, <laughs> phrases, but you can become like there was one joke I had in the IT crowd, uh, and I'd only apologize for it in the same way I'd apologize for any joke that didn't work. Uh, you know, it's just it was just a bit cheap and a bit kind of. Uh, I was looking for a charity, and I I came up with 
boss-eyedness, the idea of being cross-eyed as a, as a, because I thought it was so silly and I didn't think there was a condition, whereas of course there is. Yeah, um, I remember this. <laughs> yeah, so I thought I wouldn't be insulting too many people or something like that. And oh my God, if I just sat down for two more seconds, I could have come up with a better idea than that, you know? Yeah. But, but you know, I, 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 I just couldn't really, I think the thing that made me laugh was the idea of a really, really sad video with, with cross-eyed people in it. <laughs> yeah. And that still makes me laugh just to say it. Yeah. But when, when it actually was on screen, I kind of thought, I, 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 I don't know. So, you know, I apologize for, for jokes that don't work. But the thing about that episode is it worked great. And, you know, lots yeah. of trans yeah. people have said to me they loved uh, the character, you know, so. <laughs> It's, it's just these humorous dickheads, often not what I would uh, car- uh, categorize as trans at all. Some yeah, bloke, yeah. some bloke with um, purple eyeshadow is not, is not a trans person. It's just no. a bloke with purple eyeshadow, you know? So I don't really care what they think of things, but they're the angriest and they're the most, and I think they've, they, they're right to be defensive because they're taking a piss and people are beginning to see, thank God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, in the meantime, I think they have completely destroyed comedy. Um, and it, yeah. it's weird to see even friends that I've lost that used to, you know, comedians like Dave Chappelle or... Yeah. You know, the, the people have denounced him now and they don't like him. And it's like, he's one of the few kind of remaining actually funny people as far as I'm concerned, because everyone else is trying to do like social justice warrior jokes and oh sarah 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 silverman is the worst kind of recent convert to that stuff oh Oh, she's terrible she used to be funny uh for the very reasons that she's kind of now not funny if that makes sense like she she used to be funny because she would um uh say the most shocking things but but they were so brilliantly done very like that other uh, extremely offensive comedian, um, Jessel, Jesselnick, I think his name is. Um, you know, she would push certain buttons very expertly. But yeah. now, now it's just this kind of, with those big doe eyes kind of, you know, maybe you just need to be a little bit more. It's like, fuck off, Sarah, tell a fucking joke, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, I didn't come here for a lecture. Exactly, exactly. But yeah. I love Chappelle. Chappelle makes me feel like I'm uh, free, you know? Yeah, sane. And, and, and sane. sane. Yeah, he's the opposite of deranging. Yes, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know it's perfect. Did you see um, there was a young woman who went on Fox News to talk about um, sex segregation in sports? Yes. And um, Kathy Griffin, did you see her comment about it where she said it was a gift from the comedy gods just mocking this young woman who's clearly extremely nervous as I don't know if she's a high school student. She looks super young. Um, That that made me so angry. Slightly slightly stumbled over her words and Kathy Griffin thinks it's the funniest thing ever. It's just, uh, it's mind blowing really, you know? I don't know what, I just kind of... um, I kind of try not to get caught up with every stupid statement I see because it's yeah. it, it would take too much time to go through why it's stupid and stuff, you know? The, the big battles over here are being won in court, you know? Right. Um, 
like we've had such great successes recently. Kira Bell is a huge moment. I think that's going to be felt all over the world. Uh, I think it's going to give detransitioners uh, a hero, you know, uh, in Kira. Um, you know, there's uh, uh, Alison Bailey, who's been given permission to sue Stonewall. Boy, yeah. that's another one that would do a lot of good if Stonewall were exposed. You know, they yeah. are really, really bad. Absolutely, so, yeah. so, you know, I kind of have to remind myself sometimes that I don't have to fight every battle. I can, I can, I can let there, the, especially as I say, since the, um, the big battles are, are being won in court, yeah. you know, and yeah. it's so, it so infuriates them because like with the Kira Bell case, for instance, three judges were involved. So that meant a, they knew it was serious and B they wanted to give something that would, you know, last and i don't think their appeal has a chance in hell of of winning you know because no. because three judges is pretty and they can't enter into and enter any new evidence it's doomed yeah. but but um but you so so i just think that a few adults may have entered the room at least at least in the british courts yeah you know? yeah definitely not here yet but hopefully we will follow suit yeah, it's hard though, isn't it? I mean, as as my as that person said, I was talking to you earlier about that person who said it just takes one or two well placed people to groom an organization, and we can see the results of that. Um, like over the weekend, Scientific American published a thing saying that a clitoris was basically just an enlarged penis, based on an interview with a gender affirmation surgeon, and. Um, uh, Apparently, uh, one of the uh, hoaxes that was handed in in that paper that Bogosian, th those papers that, that that hoax that Bogosian and Helen Pluckrose did, yeah, had said exactly the same thing. <laughs> and now there's a thing in Scientific American that says that actually, actually says that. that. Yeah. yeah, amazing, it's amazing. It's so offensive too, too. Yeah, well, every aspect of it is offensive, you know. It's yeah. it's um, it's an offense. It's an offense to um, it's an offense to reason as well. Yeah. You know, I can't accept it on so many levels. I can't accept. It kind of harkens back to notions of like women are incomplete males as well. Yeah, yeah. Development that didn't finish or something. Well, they certainly don't seem to think of women as actually. Uh, you know, human beings. I mean, I, I keep whacking up against that. I cannot remember any group that has been so liberally insulted and demeaned and attacked. I have yeah. never seen anything like it. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, again, it's an upside down version of reality because, I mean, I know some people uh, take issue with my, uh, my, the way I feel about this, but I do believe that men, uh, part of your duty as a man is to um, uh, protect women or to stand up for women because because we're physically stronger because we're physically stronger and you know it's just a simple thing if you see someone if a, if a bloke attacked a woman you would instantly run to, you wouldn't instantly run if two blokes were fighting no. but you would in instantly run if a bloke was attacking a woman and that's what men are supposed to do so yeah. this again is a complete reversal of everything I've ever believed in in yeah. that there's all these men ganging up on women. Yeah. <laughs> you know? and, uh, and we're saying that men and women are 
exactly the same. Yeah, which 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 I I I think is just like such a uh, such a basic misunderstanding of what feminism has been fighting for. Yeah. It never never argued that men and women were exactly the same. It it argued that they should have the same uh, opportunities and, yeah. and the same rights. Yeah, but they're not the same. No, you know no. that's nonsense. And we don't I, need I, to be the same to be equal or yeah. Know. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but it is a beautiful phrase, vive la difference. Oh, I wanted to ask, I don't know if you want to talk about this, but um, John Ronson, have is there any development with that or has he No, he just he just it's it's a funny thing, but he just kind of he just kind of stopped writing. I mean I was becoming more and more annoyed because he wouldn't, he would not answer simple questions. Yeah. I would say things like, you know, I'd send him a picture of three, three obvious men from a lesbian dating app and yeah. say, you know, are these women? Are these, are these lesbians? And was this uh, on Twitter or like offline? No, uh, privately. I mean, I won't, I don't want to release, I don't want to give too many details of his, sure, yeah. uh, his responses and stuff, but but I can't really because he he wouldn't respond. Wow. Like he like he would. I'll tell you one thing. He said he would say he would say if you're. I would say are these women? And then he'd say if you're asking me if I think no 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 no. Don't rephrase my question. Are they women? Objectively speaking, are they women? Would not answer. Wow. Simply would not answer. Yeah. I've never seen anything like it. How and I've seen. Oh, I don't know how people can stand like he's obviously an incredibly intelligent person. I don't know how he can live with that cognitive dissonance. I, I, I think it's one of those things that might be a mystery until the day I die because he has no he has no desire to speak about it. The other thing that was weird about him was that, you know, I sent him all this all this evidence of what had happened to me, including being sued by this guy who's a con man and all this sort of stuff. And it just had no effect on him, you know? It was like, and this is a guy I've known for 20 years and considered a friend, you know? And it's like, don't you have any, don't you have any kind of sympathy for, for what I've been through? But yeah. no, there was this kind of, I think he was just, he's basically, he was just, he was, it was when I was still on Twitter. And I think what it was, was he just wanted me to stop mentioning him. Yeah. He just wanted me to stop pointing out to, you know how how insane his his views were because right. it was causing him as you say dissonance cognitive dissonance yeah. you know he, yeah. he, can, he can't come out right out and say yes they're women and he knows that he'll be beclowning himself if he if he if he oh sorry he he can't just come out and say no they're not women and he yeah. and he knows he'll be beclowning himself if he says they are women yeah so he's stuck in, in this kind of tractor beam where he just can't say anything. And he yeah. used to, he, it was like, I'm still, Graham, I'm still researching. It's like, you don't need to do any research to see if a bloke yeah. is a man or a woman. You just look at the photograph. A baby you know? would tell you. A yeah, baby, yeah. Dog, they could both know. Exactly. Dogs can, dogs can tell. The difference yeah. between men's and men and women. The only the only people who can't seem to tell are very highly paid, respected journalists. <laughs> <laughs> and it, yeah, it's it's kind of ironic with him because he's kind of one of the first people that really wrote about 
cancel culture. And now it seems like he's just absolutely terrified of maybe being canceled himself. And that's why he's that's it. empowered about it. Yeah, I think that's I think that's also another part of it. Yeah. He knows very well that the moment he steps out of line on this, he you know, they'll try and destroy his career. Yeah. But why did he get in touch? If he wasn't going to treat it honestly, why bother getting in touch? You yeah. know? Yeah. So I don't know. I'm 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 really the one of the things that's been most disappointing about this whole thing has been the cowardice and the um the, the, the kind of, um, they're kind of like uh, collaborate, I call them collaborators, you know, just people who cl are collaborating with this assault on women and, and reason, you know, they, they I, I am really shocked at how many of them I was friends with. And I'm so glad that I've jettisoned them, you know, because like, you know, I've met people like Artie Morty and Helen Staniland and, and Jane Claire Jones and Stella O'Malley and just just and people like yourself. And it's just a higher class of person, you know, <laughs> someone yeah. who just some brave people. That's who I've met. I've met brave yeah. people, you know, I agree. I don't I'm not upset anymore about how many people I've lost over this because I have met more people. And as you say, they're principled people and they're smart and they're brave and you know it's like if, even among the people I lost if, if they saw me getting threatened with violence or even my kids were threatened at one point and it's like well maybe you shouldn't have said that yeah really yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> yeah that's I know. okay yeah 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 no it's um like I I have one guy one guy I know Daro Breen his name is he's, he's an Irish comedian again someone I thought was a friend but, uh, and also a sciencey guy, a guy who does science programs over here about astronomy and stuff, you know? Um, and, and like I said, oh, Dara, will you, you know, would you, would you like to sign the JK Rowling uh, letters? Uh, you know, she's been receiving death and rape threats. Would you like to sign it along with me, John Cleese, Tom Stoppard, a bunch of other people? And he says, oh, um, no, Graham, I won't. I don't really understand the issue, mm. right? Yeah as if you need to understand an issue before you're uh, objecting to death and rape threats. Yeah. And then, and then I see a few weeks later, he's calling Eddie Izzard, she. Oh, <laughs> so he doesn't yeah. understand the issue, but he will take a step into that, onto that side of things yeah. and start, you know, and start um, insulting women by calling Eddie Izzard a woman. Yeah, that's, that's insane. Eddie Izzard, who is just about to play a role where he plays a man, uh, <laughs> something that women, most women aren't really able to do, you know, it's a bit unfair. Yeah, <laughs> that is pretty unfair. <laughs> it's it, uh, the whole thing does my head in. I used to joke to people. I used to say about it, about John Ronson. No, John Ronson is, uh, as, 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 um, is not in communication with me because he's scared that I, I'll ask him if Eddie Izzard is a lesbian, right? <laughs> yeah. And that was my joke, but I yeah. didn't think it would come true. And yeah. now it's true and people are actually saying it. They're actually yeah. saying it. Wow, yeah. I remember that. That was like a couple of years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, I mean, and now he got, <laughs> I saw a magazine and the magazine might've been trolling, but it was still a, it was still a good fair point. Um, Victoria Wood was a hugely popular uh, female comedian over here. Just, just really loved um, 
it's worth tracking down her stuff on YouTube. She's great. Um, but uh, but she uh, died recently, and someone someone had a poll of funniest comedians, and and someone this journalist wrote it up and said Eddie Izzard uh, wins funniest female comedian beating Victoria Wood. Oh God! <laughs> you know, and it's like. It's like, when are people going to see, when are people going to wake up? It, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I know. Well, I, and I know you spoke to um, Esme about how few men are willing to get into this fight, but it, which is frustrating for sure. But to me, it, it's just soul crushing to see women just so willing to throw in the towel and throw our give our rights away and mm. ugh, I, I, but I, then again don't get too upset about that because uh, you know one thing that's really been happening in the UK is I, I it really has been like a sleeping giant waking up like right. like as we both know all of this stuff is advanced by stealth they 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 do it quietly you in Canada had self-id before you knew what was happening same same with Ireland uh in the UK, we saw it coming and we were able to slow it down. Yeah. You know, it's still doing pretty well, but but it's certainly like, for instance, every, I'll give you an example. Here's, here's a really, really cheering thing. Last year's International Women's Day had Monroe Bergdorf and all those, all those people uh, hosting, you know, they, there's one trans identified male, Aoife Martin, I think uh, their name is, and they were projected onto Dublin barracks along with uh, women from Ireland's history. Wow. <laughs> you know? So it was an absolute farce. The last Women's Day, International Women's Day, was a farce. Yeah. Um, but this year, Monroe Bergdorf was announced uh, that they were going to be uh, headlining some uh, event in Belfast on the day. And there was such a ferocious response that they had to take the tweet down. So that fills me with a bit of, I genuinely think now that the commentariat, the commentariat have been basically, you know, rubbing poo in their hair for the last three years, yeah. you know, and now people are beginning to wake up and they, they're just going to look absurd. They're going to look absurd. You know, I think, I think it looks that way to me here. It really is like a, a sleeping giant, you know, every, every, um, tweet you see gets hundreds of responses of people who are just questioning, 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 you know, you know, like my favorite thing that uh, Jane Claire Jones said was uh, whenever anyone says uh, trans women are women, uh, Jane Claire Jones uh, taught me to say, how are, in what way are male people female? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, and you know, you, you can only get away for so long with madness. You know, after a while, people are gonna people are gonna need to plant their feet in reality so they can get on with their lives. They won't be able to with all this craziness going on. I hope so. I know. Um, I don't know how often you're on Twitter, but yesterday I entered a contest in my city for uh, a $2,000 makeover package for a trans woman for Valentine's Day. Okay. So your entry was just, you answer the question, like what would women, winning this mean to you? So you had to be a female presenting um, trans identifying woman. So I just entered mm. 
on the basis that trans women, like we know that trans women are women. So I am also a trans woman. <laughs> yes. yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But I was disqualified. I didn't win, unfortunately. Whoa. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> you can't be a trans woman if you're a biological woman. So I'm like, right. oh, hmm. Yeah, That's yeah. a little bit transphobic. Just the same way Eddie Izzard can play men and women. Only women can play women. Women can't play trans women. That's no. an interesting thing as well. Yeah, yeah. It's great, isn't it? It's just amazing. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. The fever's got to break. It's got to break sometime. I think yeah. it'll break with sports. I think, I, here's another thing. There's going to be some big, big losses uh, on the left. You know, midterms, um, uh, in you know, four years' time, I believe it's going to be a real battle between whoever the Republicans come, come up with and Biden, because you know, Biden has started off his administration with a hugely unpopular and uh, uh, divisive yeah. um, and uh, policy, yeah. yeah. So, I don't see, I mean. Unless they unless they pull out of that dive pretty quickly, they're going to be crucified because the right aren't going to ignore this forever. The right are going to make such hay with it, you know. Already in Ireland, there's a very right wing magazine called Gripped, yeah. run by run by a guy who I used to who I used to kind of battle with online during the abortion referendum because he mm. was anti he was anti abortion, and he um, but they ran a story where this guy he just ticked the box said he was a woman. And came second, first, not even second, of course not second, first in this race. Yeah, um, yeah. And he's and he's there with the medals with two two women on either side of him, you know. So yeah. it's it's it can't it, the fever's got to break. The the more images like that that come up, the crazier and crazier. Um, yeah. Like it'll it'll all feel like that Democratic Socialist meeting, you know, that hilarious <laughs> video. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that when the Olympics finally happen, I mean, it, it will be absolutely horrible for the elite athletes that female athletes who are going to be losing out during, because it's such a brief window when elite athletes are at their peak and compete in the Olympics anyway. So yeah, that's why I don't think we should wait for the Olympics. I think we should fight, fight, fight like crazy before the Olympics and, and make sure that yeah. some young athlete doesn't lose her window, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if we could get it before then, that would be great. I, I just worry that that might be what changes public perception in a huge way. Yeah. It's hard as well. I mean, you know, I don't know. I, I The amount of times I thought it was all over when Martina entered into the debate, I thought it was all over. I thought, oh, well, you know, Martina is a very respected uh, LGBT icon, yeah. had, a, had, a, had a trans trainer. There's, 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 there's nothing they could do, do, do to her. She's impervious. And they still yeah. managed it. They still managed it, you know? She, yeah. is now, she is now a lot more timid than she should be about this subject. She's very timid. Yeah, so she doesn't I, seem to say much these days. She's just, I don't know. It, 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 I feel like someone got to her or something got to her. And yeah. she's kind of, you know, she's arguing from this point, from this, from this, uh, She's not arguing. I think the, the, the place you should argue from always is 
is it's very simple. And I feel like if this was said just once on the right news program, it would all be over. And it's how dare you tell me that you're a woman? How yeah. dare you? Because yeah. that's what black people said to Ra Rachel Dolezal. Yeah. And, and, you know, and it didn't last. That movement <laughs> that Rachel Dolezal could have been the spearhead of was cut very, very quickly, you know? Yeah. yeah. Because no one would dare appropriate a black person's experience now. Even blackface is, you know, blackface is considered uh, um, taboo, you know? Yeah. But, but a man putting on makeup and saying they're a woman, my God. Yeah, yeah. Why are we giving them an inch of ground? Why are we giving them an inch of ground? It's so insulting, it's so it offensive, it's you know? It's an affront, it, it, uh, yeah. An affront, yes, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no pun intended. I'm telling you, it's crazy though. Do you know what I mean? You know, I, just, I, but I've always had a thing about bullying and stuff. And I, 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 it's, it's that aspect that bothers me the most, you know, it's like the worldwide bullying, you know, and as Debbie Hayton, who's a trans woman over here, who's an yeah. ally, she said, he says, yeah. Uh, um, you know, the worst bullies at school were the bullies that even the other bullies hated. The bullies who bullied right. girls. Yeah. You know, and that's what we—that's what we're up against. If you bully a—if you bully a woman, then you really are the lowest of the low. And they currently, you know, Biden's writing introductions for their books. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, they're getting celebrated. Yeah. Yeah. He's upside down. The upside down, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe um, as a final question, I'm just kind of curious. I spend way too much time on Twitter, but I was curious: are you um, are you glad now that you're off Twitter, or do you wish you could go back? The only reason I'd like to be on it is because um, I'd love to promote my uh, Substack and my uh, Buy Me a Coffee site. Uh, be, you know, because, because that would be useful to, you know, I, I had, at the end, I had about 600,000, 500,000 followers. Yeah. Um, so that would have been a real help, but, but as far as the experience goes, I don't know. I don't think so. You know, one thing I, the only thing I'm proud of, I mean, I like a lot of the jokes I wrote. I wrote some good, funny jokes and I did some funny little stunts on Twitter yeah, but but my political, my political, the way I express myself in terms of my politics, I realize now was um, was uh, coming from the same place that these lunatics are coming from, which was the idea that the left was automatically good and the right was automatically evil. And there was no one on, on, on everyone. On, if you're on the right, it means you're aligning yourself with some of the worst people in the world worst uh you know uh regimes in the world and if you're aligning with the left you're aligning with all that is good and progressive and forward thinking and i'm so embarrassed about that now because look how wrong i was you know i mean the right the right uh have been dreadful in many ways but they never try to erase women no they never they you know not in such a a cynical, uh, opportunistic way, yeah. as the left are doing at the moment, as a purely tribal political move. It's 
disgraceful and I'm embarrassed that I ever aligned myself with them. So I'm kind of glad that my Twitter account is gone. So all the evidence is gone, but, <laughs> but I wish I could get all my gender critical tweets back because I stand yeah. by every single one of them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Even the ones Twitter forced me to, to, to delete. Uh, was, was that what got you off of there? I, I'm not actually sure what the final straw was. It was a combination of mass reporting uh, and apparently uh, someone in Twitter's London HQ, I bet it was Katie Minshaw, um, uh, wanted me and a guy called Wings over Scotland gone at the same time. Okay. And we were both banned within days of each other. Uh, so, you know, it was, it was that. They also said I was misusing the platform mm -hmm. uh, and they brought up a couple of other accounts that I had, but there was never anything in Twitter's rules about not having other accounts. One of them hadn't been used for years and the other one I used to do memes from, you know? I only used to do memes from it because, uh, because occasionally I would, I would be told I, I had my, my wife, I had to stop uh, going on. So I created, I created a second account so I could keep doing memes because I was so, you know, outraged by all the nonsense, you know? Um, but uh, but um, as far as the experience goes, I think it's probably good not to be honest. I think I, I'm definitely writing more. I'm, I'm more productive, um, making more money. All this, all this content I used to give Twitter used to be for free. So right. I'm actually making money now from stuff I would do, be doing for free. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of swings and roundabouts. I'd like to have it back only, only to promote the stuff that I'm doing. But then if I, if I had it, I probably wouldn't spend all the time doing the stuff I'm doing. <laughs> no, because it definitely draws you in. Yeah, it definitely does. It definitely yeah. does. Yeah. And it makes you feel like you're achieving things when you, um, when you uh, uh, press re retweet or whatever, you know? Yeah, I know that's, that's a sad thought. <laughs> Having said that, I, 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 again, I think with my, however many followers I had, and I lost something like 300,000 when I started tweeting about it, but I'm really, really glad I used it. And I, 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 I don't want to give myself too much credit, but I, but I do think I helped um, publicize what was going on in the early days when few wow. other people were. So I'm really proud. If I had anything to do with um, how, big a resistance British feminists have put up to this stuff, I'll go to my grave happy, you know, even if it was just a small, small influence, I'll, I'll be delighted. <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely certain that that's true. I know for myself, when I was figuring these things out, and I didn't, it just like the, the amazing sense of relief and happiness when you see someone who's, who's high profile and intelligent, and I'm like, oh, this is, uh, the, another word that I'm sure we both hate is validating. <laughs> validating. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are valid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. No, I, I, I feel the same way. It, it, in fact, one thing I do now is when Stephen King supported J.K. Rowling, yeah, I, I wasn't on Twitter, but I immediately wrote to all my people in my groups and said, quickly tell Stephen King not to apologize. Whatever yeah. he does, don't apologize. And I was too late. Yeah. And like, like <laughs> Minute. 10 minutes later, he'd apologized. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so. Yeah. I just think yeah, I just, I think he's there, but he's just cowardly. 
Yeah, I think so. There, people aren't used to the, one of the only ways I was able to keep going was because I turned off replies from people who didn't follow me. Oh, okay. So I wasn't getting any pushback. I was getting, the pushback I was getting was from people who I knew uh, at least had followed me. So were, you know, uh, engaged, prepared to engage. But even they would just unfollow immediately. They were so fucking chicken shit and they couldn't back up any of their opinions, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know where we started on this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, something about Twitter. <laughs> yeah, that as so often happens, Twitter comes along, the next thing you've lost a couple of minutes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, why don't we end there? Unless okay. I don't know if you had any closing thoughts or anything you wanted to say? No, just I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I hope that anyone listening, you know, I think I think one thing that people should start thinking about, and I'm going to start saying this a lot more often now, is people start uh, people start to need to start showing their face and putting their name to things. Uh, yeah. You know, too many people like like us are being uh, uh, isolated and targeted, and it's because no one else is standing up. And and you know, even a couple of people would make all the difference. So I, I hope that more people stand up and you know give give courage to even more people coming coming up behind. Because yeah. we've, been, we've been doing this on our own for too long, too long. Yeah, I, I completely agree there. I know it's controversial. I know a lot of people get upset when this topic comes up because they, you know, people will say, well, I, I have a family, I have a job, I have a mortgage. I'm like, well, yeah, I have all those things too. So I don't yeah. know. It would be nice if more people came out. Yeah, well, maybe this year. I think it's going to be a big year. Thanks for listening. Gender Critical Story Hour is written and produced by Amy Hamm and Esme V. Intro music by Nahanda. We'd love to hear from you. Tell us your peak trans stories, how gender identity ideology has impacted your life, or just say hi and let us know your thoughts about the podcast. Write to us at gendercriticalstoryhour at gmail.com. Tweet to us at gcstoryhour. Take care. Keep strong and keep talking. Bye for now. Gender Critical Story Hour is sponsored by the Mythical Biological Female. I'm your mind, so take me as I am. Take me as I am.